Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Allison Colley. Hello and welcome to this episode 174 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. I'm a solicitor and HR specialist and I run the firm Real Employment Law Advice, where we provide advice and assistance to both employers and employees on all aspects of employment law and HR. I've been hosting this podcast since August 2014 and this is episode 174. So if this is your first time listening, welcome along. I hope you find the the content helpful. If you are a regular listener, thank you so much for continuing to listen. I am working on a project currently that may be of interest to you as a listener of this podcast and I'm looking for five to ten people to be my guinea pigs and come on board with the project for free and in return give me your feedback and responses to working through what is essentially going to be a program for HR professionals or for those who are looking to get into the HR profession. If you'd like more information and to learn more about it or perhaps to get involved then you can email me. My email is alison at realemploymentoradvice.co.uk and I will send you more information. In this week's episode of the podcast, I'm interviewing Kate Davis. Kate is a leadership coach and she provides coaching and development for business owners and leaders within business. The reason I'm talking to Kate today is because Kate has been working with a number of businesses around hybrid working and introducing hybrid working within the workplace. Now, this may be something that you've heard of because it has been in the news fairly frequently and it's certainly something that HR professionals and managers are talking about. As the country starts to move towards opening up and more people are returning to the office, there is a large proportion of people who would prefer to either remain working from home permanently or to introduce hybrid working so some working in the office some working at home so I'm talking to Kate about her work around this and what she's been doing and some of her top tips for leaders and business owners on how to implement hybrid working successfully in the next episode of the podcast I'm going to be covering some of the legal implications and the steps you need to take from a legal perspective if you are going to be introducing hybrid working in the long term so hopefully you find this interesting and without further ado I'm going to get into this week's featured content. Okay so I'm very pleased to welcome to the podcast today Kate Davis. Hi Kate. Hello how are you? I'm very well thanks very much for taking the time to come on the podcast today. Do you want to just introduce yourself to everyone? I've said a little bit about you before, but do you want to tell everyone what you do and and about yourself? Yes, of course. Thank you so much for inviting me here. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. So I am a leadership coach and business mentor. So I am a member of the ICF and I also help people with the structure of their business. And I help people to be able to create the leader in themselves to be able to grow their business effectively and compassionately. I really very strongly believe that people should be able to do more of the work that makes them happy, less of the stuff that doesn't make them happy, uh, and earn more money doing that. And that's 
that's the same for the leader as it is for the, for the other members of your team. So that's what I do. I help people one to one and I run workshops to be able to help businesses, generally small to medium sized businesses, to be able to have more efficient and more effective and happier teams. Okay. And so in the context of that, we had a chat when we met via a networking event recently, which has led to us talking on the podcast today Mm. about some work you're doing with some of your leaders around hybrid working. And obviously this is a very hot topic at the moment with the changes that are happening with regards to COVID. People are reassessing whether they should be working in the workplace or not. And lots more people are working or considering working in a kind of hybrid model. Um, so what's the kind of work you've been doing around that? Yes, it's, as you say, it's, in, it's incredibly topical. We've spent the last 12, 18 months as a country and also globally trying to get used to the idea of purely remote working, working from home, unless obviously you are completely operational. But now there is a shift or there will be a shift to actually coming back into the office more. And that creates its own issues because people have got used to working from home. People have got used to the way of life that they have. And a lot of companies where previously it was almost a complete no-no to work from home have now had to completely rethink because actually it's obviously been working if they're still in business now. Where the difficulties come is, is trying to balance the needs of the business with the needs of the employee. I know lots of people where they either their employees have to now have to to look after family members or they are still shielding themselves or actually they've taken the opportunity to move from where they used to live and work. So they've moved from, you know, London up to Scotland or they've moved down to the coast. How does that work with the business that, that they are, that they're employed by? How do you continue to to maintain that team if people can't or are unwilling to work back in the office full time. Equally, those people who have uh, have business premises have often actually downsized during the pandemic, not least to save costs, but also because they didn't feel that they needed such a large office. If that's the case, how do you then bring people back into the office and make them feel like they are still a valued member of the team, whether they are in or out of the office. So I've been working with companies to be running workshops to be able to bring either the the leadership team or actually the whole company, depending on the size of the company, in to be able to see how they can better set themselves up and how they can better communicate to be able to run that hybrid team. For me, that work, the communication is the absolute critical part, part of this is to be able to to continue to have conversation, whether it's remotely or whether you are sitting at, at the desk next to somebody or making a coffee together. How do you how do you create that atmosphere, irrespective of where that person may be working? And in your experience, are organisations getting this right? Have they been doing good communication throughout whilst people have been working at home? Or is this something they're just now starting to think about? I think with everything, if they were good at it in the first place, they're probably going to be quite good at it now. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've all had to, we've all had to adapt and we've all had to get better at communicating, even if it is something that, that we were quite strong at in the first place. Being able to have the empathy for the other people in your team, because previously, actually, apart from, you know, pleasantries and being good work colleagues, How much did we actually know about the people who we were working with? How much did we know about the ins and outs of their personal life? Because it actually wasn't anything to do with us. Now it's very much to do with with us as leaders. We need to know 
what their challenges are, what their personal challenges are. So we need to be able to have that empathy for people. We need to have that compassion for people and we need to be able to open that communication up. That's not particularly easy for everybody, but I think we've all had to get better at it. And I don't think there's any, anyone who's who's perfect at it. That's something that we can always work on. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely right, isn't it? What you say about not really knowing a lot about our colleagues' personal lives um, or really knowing them that well and getting to know them better because of the pandemic, because people mm. have been working at home, because you would get a view via Zoom or Teams, yeah. or whatever you use into their lives via their, you know, into their living room, into their bedroom, into their office, or, you know, you see the children, you know what they're having to do on a day-to-day basis um, Mm. in relation to caring for family or pets or children and that kind of thing so yes I I absolutely agree with you and I hadn't really thought about it in that context of actually we probably know each other better now than we did pre-covid yes which is actually a great bonus of what's of what's happened because we are more able to understand the people we work with and therefore potentially be able to spot problems before they become a problem. If your boss or your manager wasn't particularly great at communication beforehand, how hard is it then to be able to go to that person and say, look, I've got a problem at home, I need some time off, or I'm really struggling, or whatever that might be. Now, as you say, we've all seen, you know, everybody's spare room and, you know, <laughs> what, mm-hmm. and what the dog's up to and children running in and out and all of those different things. It's much easier to be able to have that communication with your employees or indeed your manager if those barriers have already been broken down. I think it's it's actually a, a real bonus of what's come out of the last 12, 18 months that we have a better understanding of the people around us and, and their needs, which then can help us be better leaders. What's your view on, I imagine that there are some managers out there and business owners, I don't want to say old school, but you know, potentially kind of old school views on things who have in essence put up with the home working situation during COVID because they've had to, they've had no choice, but now are being told, actually, this is going to be a long-term solution and members of your team might not be back um, in the office full time ever again. How would you advise those sort of people to address that and change their attitudes when they're the kind of people who are just longing for everybody to get back in the office so they can see what everyone's doing kind of thing? Yes. And I take your point about the old school. There will be people and there will be companies where that's very much the the attitude. I think if those managers and leaders are able to to reflect a little bit from their own perspective about how they have coped with the pandemic, the effect it's had on them, and understanding, therefore, that the people around them will have been impacted, whether we've been physically impacted by COVID or not, we've all been impacted by, by what's happened over the last 12 months. Trying to encourage that empathy with their colleagues and the people who they are leading. Also trying to re-engage those people. I am a huge advocate of really getting to grips with your personal vision, but also your business vision. Where are you wanting to take the company? Why are you wanting to take them there? What is the change that you want to make? And I think if you, if you as a leader can be empowering the people who work with you and for you with that vision, it's much easier for them to be able to decide actually whether they're on board or not i think i'm trying really hard not to say the word the word unprecedented too many times <laughs> but we but we are in unprecedented times we we have been for nearly 2 years and people will have changed and i'm not suggesting that this means that if you're an old school if you're an old school employer then you're going to have to lead, lose half of your team but there needs to be a realization that that things have changed 
And it is a delicate balance because it still has to be business first. We are still in business to be able to earn money, to be able to pay our employees. We need to be able to still function as as a business unit, whatever it is that we do. So there needs to be that balance. But there also then needs to be an understanding that if if they can't empower their teams, if they can't, if those team members are not able to or not willing to back to basics, back to where we were before, there isn't at least a way of being able to transition people slowly through that then they are at risk of losing some potentially key people. So I think there's a huge motivation there to be able to have to change the way that, that you think about things. So I would definitely say I would ask my clients to reflect on how it's changed them and therefore be able to understand a little bit better how it may have impacted other people and take their conversations with those people from that viewpoint. With that in mind, then, what, what do you think will be the biggest challenges for um, employers and, and leaders in businesses going forward if they are to adopt a hybrid working model? So I think communication is always going to be the most critical element. But it's also a question of setting new new rules, new rules for communication, but also new rules for how how the office plays out, how how often you are going to be expecting people to actually be physically in the office if they are able to speaking to quite a few people, whether they are in very large corporations or in small businesses, setting an agreement that obviously needs to come from the senior management team from from an operational perspective. How often do we actually have to have people in the building or have to have people boots on the ground? And where can we offer flexibility? Where can we allow people to to have time at home really setting those blanket rules to start with, those umbrella rules, should I say, to start with. Is that one day a week? Is that more specific than that? Speaking to a client the other day who said, well, in a two week period, I would expect them to be in the office for four days. And I would expect all of them to be in the office on the same days. Well, what happens if that's not possible? What happens if for whatever reason, the fact that they're caring for somebody or, you know, how are you going to be able to cope with that? How can you put exceptions in play, understanding where your individual employees are in their personal lives and how that's going to impact their professional lives without it then becoming a free for all? So where where can you enforce those days that you need from an operational perspective and you also need from a communications perspective? How can you create team meetings not those meetings that should have been an email, <laughs> because we've all sat through a few of those, haven't we? But actually really collaborative meetings where we are all actually being able to be in the same space, whether that means that two or three people have to be on Zoom because they can't they can't physically get into the office. Where are those lines? Understanding that from a business perspective and then then being able to adapt those to the individual's requirements. I think that's the key element to be able to to have that communication and making sure that you are for those people who can't be in the office or for those people who it's Monday, we're not we're not in the office. How do you keep those lines of communication open in a larger environment? It's where the line manager comes into their own, that they can have that individual contact with people, that there is a even if it's a five minute conversation with every person in their team, they're not doing that already. They really should be. A five minute conversation, a quick check in. How's everything this morning? How's everything going? In the same way that you would do if you're making a cup of coffee first thing in the morning. 
making those quick phone calls or those quick Zoom calls. I know we all have Zoom fatigue, but there's such a benefit of actually being able to see somebody's face. We can all put a brave face on it in our voice, if you know what I mean. But but actually being able to see what's going on in somebody's world, being able to read their face is really important. So if you can bear a five minute Zoom with, with every member of your team first thing in the morning or at least every other day, just to check in and see what's going on, what might be stopping them from being able to to fulfill their duties. Uh, also, then being able to not check up, but check in with progress on projects and using that as not only a personal method of communication, but also a method of team communication, making sure that that is an absolute priority. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. And I feel kind of fortunate in a way that I set my business up from the outset to be able to work from home and work in the ways in which you're just, you've just been talking Mm. about. Mm. And so, you know, for me, it's sort of second nature, but I can really see the struggles of some managers Mm. uh, that we'll have in relation to this because we're all under a lot of pressure um, and often managers have their own sort of parts of their job that they need to undertake. But as you say, the value in just having that five or 10 minute conversation with staff is huge do you think I can see how obviously being a small business myself um how small businesses can can do this but how do you think a larger organization is going to cope with with hybrid working you know where there are huge teams and managers have lots of people working underneath them do you see the challenges being the same how do you think that will will pan out in the long run I think obviously the larger the team the trickier that five quick minutes every morning is going to be, obviously. I think in the long run, there will be an element of us just getting used to this. There'll be an an element, obviously, we have no idea how this is going to pan out from a a global or or a national perspective. What we may need to be able to adapt to should there be, God forbid, another wave of this. But I think if we are able to to look at our teams in a different way, if you're able to look at so say you have somebody who has 20 30 40 people under them how can you even create i hesitate to use the word pod but how can you create pods of people who can actually be supporting one another as well whether that's segmenting them into project teams or whether that's you know localized teams how can you create a more personal environment a more collaborative smaller team within the larger team that then without wishing to build too many layers of hierarchy. But then that's, again, where the communication comes in, that if you have people who are the team leader on a, on a project that are then responsible for relaying that back and saying, I'm a little bit concerned about X or Y, or in the same way that we, we would do normally, this project is slowing up for this reason. Just adding that layer of empathy for the other people in, in the team, adding that layer of potential flexibility where things may take longer if we're not all in the same room, Equally, I think we've all discovered over the last year that actually where people are happy being at home, they're much more productive, homeschooling aside, but actually where they're, where they're happy and they're able to work hours that work for them, they are more productive. And there are so many benefits to working in this new way, hybrid yeah. way. Like you say, more productivity and happier employees. There is also an element of potentially for overwork 
you know, of, of work tipping into life and home and people working far more than they should. Obviously, you know, many times we talk about people not doing what they should and, you know, sort of um, sitting back and watching Netflix all day. But actually there are just as many people who are working way above what they should be or they would be if they were physically going to an office. And how, how do you suggest them leaders manage that sort of situation? Yes, I totally agree with you. You know, two years ago, if you said I was working from home, everybody would put air quotes around it, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you're working from home. Where, you know, where are you shopping? What, what are you trying to catch up on on Netflix? As you say, and it, it is a difficulty, especially where we are all feeling un, under pressure with however the economic environment is going to be developing over the next three, six months, where people may feel under pressure to be overworking in order to be able to keep their job in order to be able to keep the business going and unless you have eyes on those people it's very hard to be able to see what's going on again the importance of team meetings where you can see people you can see what's happening for them just being aware of if your team members are sending emails at nine o'clock at night why are they doing that have a check-in what is going on for them are they actually feeling overwhelmed or is it actually because they had to take two hours off during the day and they're quite happy to stick, stick another hour on in the evening when the ch- children have gone to bed, for example? Keeping an eye on, from a project management perspective, keeping an eye on people's workloads, keeping an eye on where they are emotionally, are they feeling under that pressure? Are they fearing for their job and therefore they're working really hard? Taking a more holistic view, essentially, of, of their employees rather than them just being a bum on a seat in the office what's happening for that person? What patterns can I see? How am I able to interject and say, look, what's going on here? Is everything all right? I'm a bit worried that actually you're working too hard. Where can we put some boundaries in? Where can I help you to structure the day? How can you also then take the pressure off them if you know that they're working too hard, that they've overcommitted themselves? Where can you take the pressure off by actually making the issue a wider one and taking the pressure pressure off everybody in, in that team, setting the boundaries for your team so that they understand where the lines are and they understand that they don't need to be doing those things. They don't need to be working those hours. They don't need to be pushing themselves that hard. And another thing I can foresee potentially happening where you have hybrid working is if you do have employees who want to work in the office, for example, or who um, choose that they don't, you know, they don't want to work from home. Maybe it doesn't work for them Mm. or it doesn't work for their job role or for whatever reason. Mm. I can foresee potentially that there could be a disparity between those people who are in the office present versus those who are working from home and the kind of when it comes to things like promotions and additional projects or um, additional work of a manager potentially thinking, oh, well, they're there. I'll give it to them. They're right in front of me. Um, I can do that. How would you suggest managing that sort of situation of ensuring fairness across the workforce for those that maybe have chosen to work from home versus those that choose to work in the office? Yes, I think that is a real risk. It's human nature, isn't it? That if, if somebody's sitting right next to you, you're going, you're going to be naturally having the conversation oh this has come in this is quite interesting or you know whatever and that person saying yeah please I'll, I'll I'll take that I think we all need to have a, a mindset shift across the way that that we work we need to be able to see to see our teams from wherever they are and that's very easy to say not very easy to do in practice but in in the same way that we need to be aware of 
equality in, in everything else in terms of gender equality or racial equality or anything else. We need to also factor this in now as well. We need to be able to see each of our individual team members for the situation that they're in. And, and that mindset shift of just because they're not in front of me doesn't mean they don't exist. It'd be far too easy to, to fall back into that, to fall back into the, well, you know, John sits next to me, I'll hand it to him, or he showed some interest, etc. I think we need to be just more aware of really truly understanding and evaluating each of those pro projects or, or pieces of work as they come in, the promotion that may be coming up, actually evaluating each of the members of the team for all of their strengths and weaknesses, whether that's whether that's actually running sort of SWOT analysis on, on them or, or uh, you know, from, from a work perspective, not from a personal perspective, having that mindset that this is not how things used to be. This is not just because, you know, it's not out of sight, out of mind is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. And I can see that there would be great value in having someone like yourself come in initially when let's say come the end of July and all the restrictions are lifted and everyone sort of goes back to the norm um, if you like when you're looking at your working model and you are implementing hybrid working as a long-term solution having someone like yourself come in and do a piece of work with managers and leaders mm. at that point but I also think that the memory goes the memory passes of what was and we slip back into the ways of working from before of re-looking at that again maybe in three or six months time or even again in 12 months time to make mm. sure that the lessons that we've learned about communication and about working in this way continue throughout that time so it's not just a a one-off piece of work actually I think it's something that if an organization is truly going to move to a hybrid working model they need to continually work on I couldn't agree with you more. And, and this is where those setting those new codes of conduct, those new ways of communicating are so important. And actually, without being without recommending the, the spending an awful lot of money, we, we've all been in those offices where, where they've come up with the new vision and it's printed all over the place and then nobody pays any attention to it, but it's up on a poster. Actually, actually having those new codes of conduct, those new rules written into the way that we work and actually have, making somebody responsible for, obviously that depends on whether it's one person or whether it's a team of people who are actually responsible for reviewing that and saying, right, well, this has shifted or the national or local or whatever situation has changed. Let's reevaluate. Let's look at this again. Let's go back over the workshop when Kate came in or whoever it is came, came in. Let's look at those, those key points again and, and see, do they still work for us? Do we still need those codes of conduct we need those rules or actually do we need to shift that we need to make sure that this is still a priority as we move out of this and as we decide which way we actually want to run our businesses how we want to be doing this does hybrid work hybrid working work for for a short period of time but we're all hankering to get back to real life that's something that we'll only know as the, as it all starts to play out so i think having those regular reviews and somebody who's actually responsible for implementing them, for driving those forward, is really critical. This is not just a one and done. This isn't just, oh, you remember when that lady came in and everybody was very excited about it and we all forgot about it three weeks later. It needs to be stitched into the way that we do business. Because I can see it happening. I can see, you know, um, employers investing time and money into, right, we're going to get this right. You know, we're going to set this up. We're going to put in place the contractual and health and safety elements that mm. are required. And then we're going to, you know, talk to the managers about how best to manage and what we're going to do. And then it suddenly just 
sort of slips slips mm. by and um and then it could potentially create real difficulties with the workforce in the, in the long term if you don't get this right yes yes i completely agree with you and i think that's where it needs to be it needs to be implemented throughout that it isn't exactly as you just described that all full of really good intentions and lots of talking about it at the beginning but then actually it becomes more difficult it needs to be it needs to be put into the KPIs of every manager in your within your business that actually this is something that you need to be looking at regularly and that you are then held responsible for your team in the same way that, that you are as, as a manager anyway. But this needs to be added in there as well so that we're constantly looking at it and constantly reevaluating how, how we work. And actually then from from a further up the chain from the from the senior management team is this still the way we want to work continually having that that communication at all of those different levels and making it making just a part of the way that we do business and so what are the kind of real practical steps are there are there any sort of final practical things that you can say this is what you should be doing and this is what i recommend if you are going to be looking at hybrid working so i think from a practical perspective taking time right now to whether you bring somebody in to be able to help you or not looking at how you are currently communicating what's working what isn't working looking at each team member individually and working out what they might need that is different to to those codes of conduct those codes of communication that that you're wanting to set for the business so that you can have the have the umbrella and then look at each person individually If you can, take yourself out of the business for a moment to look at them as as humans, as human beings, and then trying to balance that with with the needs of the business and the needs of, this is a sweeping generalisation, but the more more operational you are, presumably the more face-to-face time you're going to need with people, the more that you're going to need boots on the ground. Looking at it from that from that umbrella point of view and then looking at that from an individual point of view, working out how how you can improve those lines of communication, where they may be a little bit frayed, where there are already pressure points. How can you look at those pressure points and how can you actually refresh the team effectively in terms of it, in, empowering them to, to feel that they are a valued member of the team, whether they're sitting at, at home in their spare room or whether they're sitting in, sitting in their usual desk at work. And as I say, looking at especially if you are in a, in a larger business, looking at how you can actually stitch those, those new ways of working, those new ways of communicating into, into people's everyday, everyday lives. How can you add those to, to, their, to their KPIs? How can you add that to their actual job role to make sure that, that we're continually looking at this as we move through, as we move on? Yeah, that's great. I think that's some really good practical tips there that employers can start thinking about if they are going to look at hybrid working in the long term so if anybody wants to get in touch with you kate to work with you presumably you'll be you're able to help with these sorts of things and getting this mm. set up what's the best way of getting in touch with you so come and find me on linkedin if you'd like to come and have a chat with me or come and find me on my website which is katedavis.net okay thank you and i'll put all the links in the show notes so everyone can can find you but i think that's been really helpful and it's great to hear someone else echoing my communication it's what i'm constantly banging on about for those people who listen to the podcast regularly will know it's my number one thing to talk about 
Um, so thanks very much for that, Kate. It's been lovely to speak to you. And as I say, if anyone needs any help with this, or if you're thinking of moving to a hybrid working model, then do get in touch with Kate, who'll be able to help you implement that in the best possible way. Thank you very much. I hope that you found that interview interesting. And as I said at the beginning of this episode, in the next episode of the podcast, which will be out in two weeks, I will be running through some of the legal implications around implementing long-term hybrid working and some of the things you need to do in terms of amending your procedures and contracts. If you'd like any more information in the meantime about this or if it's something that you're looking at implementing and you'd like some help with, then do not hesitate to get in touch with myself or one of my colleagues. You can call our head office number, which is 01983 897 Alternatively, you can email me. My email address is alison at realemploymentoradvice.co.uk. Thanks very much for listening and I hope that you have a fantastic week ahead. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you that the information in this podcast is for information only. It's general review and a general update. It's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances. So please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast. But please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice.